Hey everyone, welcome back to another week of podcasting and gaming here on Cosmic Crit. It's your GM, Patrick, here, and it is our 111th episode, and we are celebrating in Bilbo Baggins style by eating too much and living in a hole in the side of a hill. This is a very quick intro before we get back into the action of this week, so first off, if you missed our live stream last weekend where we played the Starfinder Beginner Box and were sponsored by Sirenscape to promote their amazing new sound set for that adventure called Steel Talon's Lair, don't worry about it. You can watch that adventure on our Twitch or our YouTube channel right now. Uh, take a minute to check our website out and subscribe to both those places. Ring that bell or whatever notification option you want and you won't miss any new episodes or any of our future streams ever again. Next up, there is still two weeks in our November challenge to submit an NPC to season three of the podcast. We've run this fan challenge now for every season and we've populated Absalom Station and Akondis with your NPCs and we want to do the same for the fighting men and women of the SDF and the, the planets in the Attack of the Swarm adventure path. The link is in the description of this episode. Uh, it's on our website and our top winners, we're, we're gonna give you a gift card and the ability to see your NPC creation probably get eaten by a huge space bug. I don't know, I can't tell the future, but there's a 64% chance they are gonna get munched on like the lawyer in Jurassic Park. Don't quote me on that, don't at me on Twitter, but yes, now there is a 100% chance that might happen now. Uh, but yes, yeah, submit your NPCs now. You've got till the end of November. All right, guys, this intro has got to get up. We gotta get it out and we gotta start to play. Against the Aeon Throne is coming to an explosive ending. So what better way to continue than with this episode? It's number 111 and we call it Dazed and Diffused. Episode commencing in three, two, one. Episode initiated. Crazy, that's how this show goes. Millions of Atlanti are their foes. Maybe it's not too late to roll a net 20 and thereby obliterate. Stamina wounds are not healing. This podcast hitting your brain and the show is off the rails on a critty train. That's right, everyone. Good evening. Bat decapitating eyeliner wearing weirdos. And welcome back to another episode of Cosmic Crit. I'm your GM, Patrick. We've got a heck of a blood splattered episode. So let's move the hands of doom to the critting hour. Let me introduce my five friends and your players. To my right, nobody wants him as he stares at the world, plotting his drone's vengeance. He would soon unfold. It's Tyler playing the Keithian Droneitis. I like to think that I'm the Zach Wild to your Aussie. <laughs> okay. To his right. Uh, her evil mind plus enemies destruction, sorceress of death's construction. It's Rebecca Rockin' Talara. No more tears. It's Starfinder time. Across the <laughs> digital table, people think he's insane because he's critting all the time. It's Miles with a win. I thought it was because I barked to the moon. To his right. If you could see inside his head, you'd be seeing he's tricking 
him again. It's Javert bringing bum fuzzle. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, hey. Hi. <laughs> and finally to my left. Is he alive or is he dead? Another tentacle monster beat him about the head. It's Drew running with a cast. Rebecca! <laughs> what? <laughs> he's, he's making a very, very dated reference to the Osbournes. The Osbournes, yeah. Shut did you, did you say Rebecca? Yes. yes did. <laughs> I said your name because you're you're my wife and you're in my house. And my okay, wife. okay. Oh, boy. Oh, it's, it's a rough start. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I started out doing Black Sabbath and I was like, nah, I want to do Aussie songs too. Hey, I actually got a reference. I, I actually yeah. said a reference. Aren't you proud of me? Most everyone did. I was actually surprised. I think you started off with Ozzy Osbourne, Crazy Trains by Ozzy. Yeah. 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 Well, that's why. I, I mean, I started writing <laughs> this uh, uh, earlier and I was like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff in there. I'm hey, like, guys, how are you doing? Oh, t- Tyler, you like you like the Oz man? I like one. Well, I like Zach wild if you haven't oh. checked out his solo albums you should give it a oh, look. oh I boy i ever have to no. be honest yeah book of shadows and book of shadows too yeah they're, they're, they're i mean you know i know pretending them, to write that them. down right now tyler okay well <laughs> I, I will i will retreat into the darkness of my if only if only we were recording this i'll remember to when, when i'm editing it and i'll be like oh yeah let me look that up oh yeah um hey guys what's happening not much just playing some starfinder yeah it's a great uh, question when is this episode coming out this episode's coming out right around thanksgiving it's almost here oh it's coming up in the states american thanksgiving because yeah canadian thanksgiving's already happened um do you guys have a, a favorite side dish at thanksgiving times didn't we answer that question last year I, I think, think it's, we did. I think it bears repeating every year, Drew. So why don't you? I'll tell uh, you mine. Mine. You, I need. I, okay. mine. I need to go back and listen to make sure that I say the same. Oh thing. no, no, they, you, <laughs> there will be inconsistencies <laughs> a, a foot tonight. I don't. I, I, I don't need Will D calling me out for. Uh, <laughs> actually, you know, actually last year stuffing. you said that you hey, like we're, we're new characters this year so we can we can say whatever we want well i'm nice. a whole new man yeah i, th- I mean I, i've cooked i think i've cooked a lot for dripper we, we do thanksgiving after thanksgiving up here but i really like making my own gravy uh getting on that gravy train um but when else do you eat stuff going off the rails going on off the rails train. gravy train oh, boy. <laughs> There's oh, just, there's a I'm, lot of... I'm glad you guys went there, but <laughs> I mean, it went through my head. I didn't have anything to say about it. <laughs> what if all, what if all four of us had all said it at once? <laughs> just in unison. <laughs> I guess there are five of us. <laughs> Bites the head off the turkey. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh. Um. I mean, it's a boring answer, but I love like a really good stuffing. Mm, yeah, I was about to say dressing. You, you don't really dressing. you don't really eat it any other time of the year. Like, have you ever been out and about? And it's like, yeah, I'm gonna have I some don't like stuffing. A super dry I mean, that, that's, stuffing. You know, it's funny you say that. There are so many things that are just around Thanksgiving that are mm. not any other time. Well, and dressing is literally mm. the only reason that I want turkey because I don't like turkey. It's too dry. It's it's just not great. I would rather have ham. However, you can't have you can't have dressing with ham or stuffing oh, with ham. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've actually never put it on my turkey. I just eat separately. Oh yeah, that's the uh, same. Yeah, I just, yeah, just separately. Yeah. Yeah, but you have to have them. They can't. It can't be on the same plate as ham. It doesn't go with ham. It goes with turkey. But that's the only about? reason you have turkey. No, 
What? I, I disagree. You have really? you have odd, you have some odd food rules, Rebecca. No, <laughs> I was about I, to say who's, well, do you, who's do you guys have really turkey? weird southern stuff that you have to like eat every year. Well, I mean, um, I, oh yeah, my uh, my stepmother makes this bomb corn souffle that is probably my favorite part of Thanksgiving. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, corn souffle is good. What what do you what do you got up there in the the, the pack in W, Tyler? Uh, we eat turkeys that have given their consent for consumption. <laughs> oh, that's right. He lives in Portlandia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're ready uh, to die. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure there's some like kale tofu replacement for turkey that I'm not aware of. <laughs> I don't know. Like my, I mean, kind of like Miles was, or, or, or I think it was Miles was stuffing. I, but specifically, I like sausage cornbread stuffing, um, which really isn't stuffing because you don't actually put it. You know, it's cheating, but it's called stuffing. I never put it in the turkey I, either, so I'm with yeah, you. Yeah. Oh, well, that's what makes it dressing. Everyone, you shouldn't put it in the True. turkey because there's a like a whole host of of health issues. Yeah, it's really bad letting idea the innards in. of a bird soak into uh, bread yeah, that you're gonna eat. Sweet, sweet truffles, <laughs> like in the league. Don't, yeah, don't don't do it. Have you have you at least had like deep fried turkey, Rebecca? Oh yeah, well we usually get a smoked turkey from the barbecue place. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. We, we and it's delicious. We really alternate year by year ham and turkey because my family really prefers ham. I just like I like to have turkey with dressing, but ham with other things. But my dad makes really good candied yams, so we'll at least mm. have candied yams. I so, like yeah. that. Mm. Yeah, another southern class. I am uh, I am doing my own smoked turkey for the very first time this year. Ooh. So I bought in the Traeger. Uh, no, I bought or I, <gasps> I bought like an actual column smoker, like a Bradley oh. column smoker. It's not a Bradley. It's a master built. But um, so I actually bought two turkeys this year so that I could do a uh, trial turkey and probably mess it up horribly. So then I could actually <laughs> do the real turkey uh, somewhat competently. So I'm very excited. Awesome. Uh, th- this sounds great. Um, yeah. sh- everyone listening, share with us your, your Turkey Day traditions on our Discord. Uh, and uh, depending on how hungry I am that day, uh, I'll be very happy or unhappy with you. <laughs> this has been Turkey Talk. <laughs> yeah, this has been the introduction. Um, but, oh boy, this episode, we've got some insane stuff going on. And you guys need to brace yourselves before we get back to it and remind the listeners what happened last time on Cosmic Crit. The crew decides to check out the Bend Travel Laboratory next, and they find a couple of gray alien scientists and a pair of gigantic rings emitting some sort of magical energy. Portals, perhaps? While chasing after the greys, part of the crew finds themselves somewhere else. But before they can think too much about it, they are attacked by a giant twin soul. Wynn helps get the whole crew back together by having Nikithi shut down the strange device. Now it's 5v1 against a weird, weird beast. Kaz takes a real beating from the inter- from the interdimensional goo, but probably saved the rest of the crew in the process. Wynn charges violently into battle, only to be sweetly serenaded into slumber by a gray alien spell to miss all of the action. However, he wakes up just in time to get, deliver the killing blow to the twin soul beast. Yay, you guys won again. Uh, I'm sure that's not getting <laughs> old for our listeners at this point. Yes, indeed, that's what happened last time. But that's not what's happened at the start of this episode. Oh, no. Because this episode, once more, is not starting in Urelos. 
uh, but we see ourselves in the, the black backdrop of deep space where we see once more a, a similar scene we've seen on the podcast before. The remains of a starship battle, destroyed craft littering the cosmos here. Some of them painted as lanty green and amongst them hundreds of deathly still floating bodies all falling together. The debris here is moving very slowly towards a super gas giant in this star system. A few thousand miles per hour, a snail's pace at this cosmic scale. And Kaz, you're here, both years ago in one of these seemingly lifeless corpses right now, as well as floating over your own body as you fall out of consciousness. And looking down on your form here, you can see yourself in an Islanti suit of, of green Aeon Guard's armor, life readouts nearly gone, and you yourself also look up and, and just barely on the edge of consciousness all these years ago uh, can get a glimpse of someone looking down on you. You close your eyes and your, your mind's eye kind of winks and you wake up and now you're back in a bunk bed, years and billions of miles away. And you look around it and it's a Islanti training facility, blinking again and you're on the 10K run up the side of a mountain, in formation with other guard cadets, sweat pouring down your face, a numb ache in your feet. Closing your eyes once more and you're in a long mess hall, eating synthesized mush, staring up at multiple propaganda posters on the opposite wall, reading the words that they have uh, drilled into your mind over months and months. The soldier next to you is your family. The Empire is your home. Your armor is your skin. Your gun is your heart. They would make you repeat this day in, day out on those hikes. Drew, we don't get a lot of flashes of Kaz's life before his memory loss. Your character now is getting a whole flood of memories back. Is there anything that he or you would like to explore? Whew, uh, I, I think part part of me as Drew wants to go back and see what put him into this memory loss in the first place. What what was that event like? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't remember too much before waking up in this this giant space battle. Um, maybe something of the trauma there knocked you know all the memories that came before out. But uh, you, you just get brief flashes of yourself in training. And that's like really all you have. There's there's no scraping your knee as a kid or uh, or having a, a crush on a girl at school. Uh, nothing but your your military training um, comes in in scrapes and flashes. As you're kind of experiencing this again, you, you've you know had glimpses of it in dreams and whatnot before uh, you feel a, a sharp pain on the back of your neck. It is a pain you know quite well, that of a Kasothan palm chopping at you, followed very closely by three more chop, chop, chop. And it is your Master Jordan beating you out of the rest stage. You find yourself sitting, legs crossed, um, as uh, he's standing over you. He says, lowering your guard for just a second invites disaster, Kaz. Disaster needs no invitations. It arrives when you are unprepared, when you are at your weakest. Do you think that you will survive if you do not strengthen your mind as well as your body? Yes, Master. You're both in a, the, the 
pagoda, this this place of meditation uh, on top of a hill that has uh, Adarn banners and, and desert scarves hanging about it, as well as these dim blue lights. It's not the first time that Master Joran has challenged you there. Not the last time he has caught you off guard either. The time that you're training with him. Uh, he continues and says, The ones that made you, these humans, no fear, no pain, and no weaknesses. You too are like them, but you have to be better than them if you want to beat them. So how do I, how do I know no fear? How do I know no pain? How do I... Mm-hmm. Why, why do you want to get revenge against the Aslanti? It's something that I feel at the very core of my being. Now, when, I, when I first woke up not knowing who I was, not knowing where I was, being brought here, I, I just knew that they were in the wrong, that they had done something to me, that they had done something to everyone in this system. You think you have the answers. They, they are the enemy, you think. And you say that they took everything from you. What did they take that you were unwilling to give away? They took my memory as far as I know. Therefore, I have no way of answering that question. Why do you hate them? They are you, are they not? Why do you hate yourself, Kaz? Why do you hate them? There's a crack against your back as the master stick is produced of thin air, makes a sound of a tree striking a metal cylinder as your entropic abilities begin to kick in, trying to absorb the blow. Why are you so angry, Kaz? Why put yourself through this? Why not stay down, cower, and, and no fear, no pain, and no weakness inside yourself? Because I am not that. Whatever I was before, I am better now. I am stronger now. Strong enough, you think, yes. But you think you have all the answers. But you cannot truly know until you test yourself. Your test will come when you discover that which makes you who you are when you finally meet Kaz face to face and get him to tell you what you think. Uh, you feel something stirring here as you, you look down um, and you're covered in these like cold burns and bruises all up along your side. You feel an injection as a healing serum hits your neck and now you see your team around you standing over you and the corpse of a very large twin soul whose dead eyes are staring in your direction on the floor of the science facility. We're back in it, everyone. <gasps> oh my. You're back on Aurelos all banged up, and I imagine you guys will want to spend some time healing. Uh, yeah. At the very least, Kaz. I definitely would like to take a 10-minute rest. Alara uh, as well. <laughs> Nikithi's going to go over to Sedona and check on Sedona since she last, I believe, we left off was still... Yeah. She was out. in one of her fog of, of cloud-like memories, and as you go to check on her, she's snapping out of it as well and runs to check on Kaz, goes to his side, and, and says, uh, I, I'm fine. It, it was another one of the, the memory blanks. Uh, Kaz, is, is there any healing I can provide you? I will... Channel Triune's will uh, much more clearer now, I believe. Are you strong enough, Sedona? Yes, yes, I'm fine. Those those aliens, the, the gray ones, they were the ones that put the roadblocks in my mind. D during my interrogation here, they wiped my memory banks. Seeing them again seems to have kick-started everything back up, rebooted the system, as it were. I think I may have purged their mind impediments from my system for now. If you feel like you can provide assistance, I would gladly accept it. 
So, yes, there's, there's a reason I was opening up the, the PDF for book three, the Rune Drive Gambit. That's where we got some Sedona stats. She has those healing abilities if you want. She can use them now if you guys have healing um, serums and you want to use them. Uh, let, let's start with the 10-minute the rest, though. Wynn's going to take one. Who else wants a burner a resolve? Talara. Kaz. <laughs> yeah, I imagined her. Um, I'm going to hold off. I'm going to hold off for now. Bump puzzle, fine. Uh, Nikithi? Nikithi will spend his time treating deadly wounds on those who need it. Oh, okay. <clears throat> I think that would mainly be <laughs> uh, be a Kaz, but... Uh, I'm down two hit points if you want to... Whoa! To me. I know. Oh, <laughs> That's the closest to large. Come here, slugger. You got a band-aid or something? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um... I can make some. Yeah, let's let's get some some medicine checks rolling in. Uh, first one for the the boo boo. Okay, you get your two hit. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Twenty nine on that medicine check, pretty good. Yeah, that's enough, more than enough. And second one for bigger boo boos. Uh, a twenty seven is also yep. going to be the DC plus five. So I believe you're getting my character level plus my intelligence modifier if that is correct do you have the advanced med kit yes we have an advanced med kit okay uh yes if you beat it by five you get um i think the your your in bonus plus the level correct uh plus my level yeah what what level are you guys these days i i forget (laughs) uh we're level uh six oh my goodness like 11 they grew up so quick for you drew I'm sorry, you cut out. That's 11 hit points for you, Drew. Awesome. And am I starting from zero or am I starting from one at this point? Uh, zero, <laughs> because I think it was right at the end of combat there. I don't believe um, we had a turn where you um, had to burn a resolve to stabilize. Uh, did anyone uh, want to try and uh, burn a healing serum so he doesn't have to waste resolve? Uh, yeah, I can. I can drop him one of those. Okay. Yeah. Feel free, free to roll that and add that to the hit point total. Okay. Got you four. Let's see. Um, yeah. If you want to burn resolve a little bit more now, you can. If you want to uh, just go to some Sedona healing, you can. Um, she has a number of uh, mystic cures. She can. She can throw at you guys. Here, let me stab you with a with the healing serum. That's seven. How how, how is Kaz doing Drew. Uh with with that, Kaz is at 22 HP, which is less than half. <laughs> right, so Sedona does have um, a level two mystic cure if we want to burn one of those. How many can... can we ask how many spells she has to her available today? Yeah, for level two, um she hasn't used any um since you guys came down to this level. Um, so she she can um, cast this three times. I mean, it's just me, but I'm thinking that might be worth using one of those. Does anybody disagree? Well, it's definitely worth it. If you, I mean, you can burn serums all you want, but um, these these don't cost a thing. She's happy to do it. Yeah, let me let me get some of that mystic cure. Um, do you want to roll it? No. What is the what, what is the roll? Well, it's three d eight plus her wisdom modifier, so it's three d eight plus five. So 
so it's up to you. I can roll it. You can roll it. Oh, should I take my own fate into my fate in my own hands? Probably. Fortune no, favors. Uh, it's eleven plus five. That's sixteen. Back. Yeah, not terrible. But still not up to full. Do you want to just burn another one? Uh, I don't think I should burn another one of those, but I do have... How far down are you? I'm at 38 of 52. So I'm down Uh, a decent bit, but I feel like I have a healing serum that I can use. Well, we might as well. I mean... I don't know your call, but I, I, I have would say a, I would say go ahead and do it. I have a bunch of Mark One healing serums that aren't going to do a ton, so I feel like yeah, in combat, not not too much. So I'm gonna I'm gonna at least roll one or two of those just to to get them to get them out. Okay, might as well. That's a good roll. That's a what, better roll. What'd you get? So that's a five for the first one and a seven for the second one. Okay. All right. Nick. And I'm now at 50, 52 HP. So we doing just fine. <laughs> you don't, you don't want to, uh, another bandage for your boo-boo. <laughs> I'll, I'll be okay. Okay. Um, excellent. So, I mean, you guys have survived this crazy combat. Uh, last week, one of the, the most anticipated fights for me, because I knew it was just going to go, uh, <laughs> off the rails <laughs> yeah. it's just gonna go crazy no matter what it's, um, it's so weird after the last fight when nobody wanted to punch kaz at all and this fight <laughs> yeah everything wanted to kill him. i rolled randomly a lot too and i was like oh it wants to destroy kaz of course it does that makes a lot of sense i have questions about that fight that i don't know if you want to answer or can answer well, yeah, you guys figured out some information about the Twin Soul late in that battle, but um, uh, go go right ahead, ask the one. So when we were in the kind of alternate dimension, were my kinetic attacks or my EAC attacks doing more damage to it? Oh, yes, you, you figured out that out pretty late after I think it was shut down. Yeah, I <laughs> the, uh, well, the energy. It, it, it has a, a weakness to um, uh, physical attacks in the uh, etheric realm, it also had just a general weakness to um, um, magic missile damage, force damage. <laughs> so it's it's basically this creature that um, is like two-bodied and it lives like half the time in each world. So it's, it's kind of flitting back and forth. Pretty, pretty cool monster. I mean, a hard enough boss fight by itself that was cr8 the twin soul um but that was on top of having to fight two um gray vivisectionists who as you're looking over what you found last week it seems like they had cut up one of these twin souls and were using it to power these gateways these two portals um that you guys were popping in and out of during that combat. Um, and as you go to these doors to the north here, you see that there is a, a whole set of caverns where it seemed like this twin soul was was being kept. Pretty creepy. Did we, do we think this twin soul was being kept against its will? Or was it like working together with the greys? Um, that sounds. <laughs> yeah, as, as you're maybe taking a look at, at some of their data sets and, and notes and ACLO, um seems like they had come here to Arelos to study the twin soul specifically. So it might've been like a natural occurring thing here in these caverns. It looks like it, 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 they're well-worn. So it might've been here for some time. Um, it actually says a pair of twin souls, but as you, as I said, one of them, one of them was, was killed and dissected. Do the vivisectionists have uh, any, any, 
any information that we can gather, any any gear that we could take to to replenish our stocks, any anything. Uh, you, you spend some time looking around this lab while you download the data set. I imagine. Yeah. Let's uh, do it. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, you yeah, need to you... download all that data and deleting it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as per your email. Uh, yeah, taking a little look around here. Um, in in one of the the well offshoot medical labs, you find amongst some pretty gross looking surgical tools, um, three med patches and another advanced medkit. In case you didn't have one at this point, here you go. Hey, hey that was right. Yeah, replenish the stock. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's about it. I think the, the, the Greys had on, they have like a couple of uh, little needle pistols. <laughs> um, you got to, to figure out firsthand. And um, I don't think I gave you their, uh, between last week and this week, their, their items, if, if uh, I'm mistaken. Boo. You sure the twin soul didn't like hawk out a long arm or something? Hawk out. Oh, oh. I swallowed this earlier. Blah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to use it in my escape. Blah. Blah. <laughs> uh, so these, these guys are actually outlined in Alien Archive uh, number one, I believe. Yep. As, as both a playable and a <laughs> an evil race. Um I've uh, I've read some pretty interesting stuff of people playing great characters and, and playing them just like uh, kind of like Men in Black, uh, <laughs> very very jerk, almost goblin like, <laughs> uh, like old school goblin like, not not the cool new new school that we're we're like the uh, space goblin initiating into to uh, Starfinder. At first, I thought you were referring to the pink glob as a playable race. And I was like, season three, perhaps? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, they, they have uh, a skin suit that kind of like meshes over their body, a la um, uh, Independence Day. Um, it functions as basic Lashunta temp weave. They've got the, the needler pistols and each of them, I think, a couple doses left of blue winnis poison um once again the the same poison that um your friend back there on outpost zed um the the raikrichi um uh, hasha cheer um the sleeping poison that basically took him out of commission uh pretty important fort saves going up against that poison because only two fails uh and you're just unconscious, basically, for the rest of the AP. <laughs> for the rest. Yeah. Of speaking the- of which, if we were to pick that poison up, do we have a way to administer it? Like, is is there a way yeah. to the give that to someone? Yeah, the pistol. Yes. yes. Oh, their pistol. Okay. Yeah. So I, I think Nikiti would pick up one of those pistols. And- yeah, I think Talara would too. <laughs> yeah. So there's and a couple of um, can shoot a couple of doses for for each pistol still. Okay. Mm-hmm. Two see. shot, make them count. Is that just a regular needle needler pistol? Yes, yes. Okay. I'm not. I think super special about it. Um, yeah. Anything else you'd like to do in this area, Nikithi? This yes. this equipment should yeah. should we destroy it? Is there anything that we could do to prevent them from ever recreating what they're doing here? Ah, well. That is a interesting question. I am sure we could figure out a way to sabotage the work. Yes, I mean I have already. Nikiti says as he's deleting everything, <laughs> just like <laughs> pouring gasoline on the computer. Uh, yeah, but I mean, is there a way to? I mean, yes, Nikiti is deleting all the information, so they don't know how any of this works. But is there? 
is there something that we could do to the physical equipment to maybe make it to where it's just non-functional? So not only do they not know how this works, it also just straight up is broken. Yeah, is there a key component that we can take and destroy or something like that? I mean, there's there's a couple of you know um, sabotage points um, to make sure this doesn't like function in the immediate future. But if it, Kaz wants to just like go to town on it and uh, use it as a punching bag for like an hour, uh, you can probably destroy most of the finer parts of the the two rings, the devices themselves. I don't know that so, we have an hour, but I will take whatever time we have. <laughs> Mon- tra- training montage of him punching a, a slab of beef. You see Idis trying to mimic your movements, help trying to help you out. <laughs> She's not as good. Um, good girl. Right. Um, after a little bit, uh, Mergerlber comes on over the comms and says, uh, uh, come in, Phoenix's respite crew. Are you all right? I heard a lot of weapons fire and screaming, and then silence uh, sounded like something tore a hole in the fabric of the space-time continuum as well. You all all right? Yeah, I'd say we're doing better now than we were a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Did did a hole get tore in the space-time continuum, or was I hearing things? Yeah, how do you know what that sounds like? Oh, I, I've been around, all right. That's an uncanny set of ears you got there. They're doing all kinds of weird stuff in that northern lab. Well, don't worry about it. Whatever you're doing is weird. Uh, Nikithi. <laughs> <laughs> We're having a conversation. Nikithi turned off the machine. You don't have to worry about it anymore. Oh, good. Are you all uh, fit and ready to continue on? We need that last data set like yesterday. I think we are. Let's go. Let us move forward. Excellent. Feel free to throw yourselves in in marching order. Heading down the the last unexplored part of this this facility. Kaz is going to activate his purple Aeon Stone. Uh, Right before you, you popping in down there. Yeah. Excellent day. All right, we got, uh, as always, the Vanguard uh, of the Vanguard and the operative Kaz and Bumfuzzle up front, a giant bear, and then Talar and Nikithiitis in the back. Uh, uh, scratch that Nikithi in the way back, apparently. <laughs> how, how far away do you want to be? T- uh, ten feet from Idis is always a good is a good distance. Okay. <laughs> in case they get confused again. Uh, area, yeah, exactly. Or area of effect spells. Things of those <laughs> that nature. Uh, yeah, Sedona is going to pull her pistol, walk up next to you, Nikithi, and it's like, we're almost there. We can do this. I believe. I'm actually beginning to believe that this will be a success, which before we came in here, I, well, I didn't have as much faith as I do now. <laughs> as you say that, she shot, her chest explodes. <laughs> like, no! Oh, God! No! Why? It was my fault. I should never have been positive and had a good attitude. No. (laughs) I will never do that again. She was two days from retirement. Nikithi just started looking on the bright side. (laughs) (laughs) Having a bit of a change. No, let's see. You guys can move yourself down into this area. I'm exposing the southern laboratory. Already moving forward as you guys step into this next area, power dynamics. You head up some some small steps here, and as you do, there's a pressure plate that triggers, clicks, 
and a moment later you hear high-pitched whine. The PA system crackles to life above you and you hear a familiar voice, that of Specialist Evandrian, augmented by his Aeon Guard helmet. Uh, coming through this PA system, he says, Phoenix's respite crew. Is that your ship's actual name? Kaz, welcome. This is the price that you pay. This is the price your meddling has incurred. You've put countless others' lives at stake along with your own for this petty mission. Those aliens aiding your prison break-in, for example. We know a transport vessel went missing en route to Gulta, and I'm sure it went to that Odheo-infested dump of Outpost Zed. Your actions will result in a lot of deaths there. You seem not to care about the innocent you're endangering, endangering, but maybe I'm wrong, so I thought I'd put that to the test. You see um, the chamber in the center of this room behind a, a couple of uh, double doors here um, light up with arcs of electricity as in the middle of another scientific chamber, a vessel of sorts, you see the faces of a dozen or so scientists, human and alien alike, their mouths gagged as they scream and their arms locked in uh, manacles. Terror uh, on their faces as the device begins to power up. Thwom. Bumfuzzle, Nikithi, what, what is this device and can we turn it off? <laughs> you did this, Kaz. Their blood and that of countless others is on your hands. It's funny you should say that when you are the one who placed them there. Evandrian, if you are so worried about protecting innocence, then show yourself and put yourself in harm's way, you coward. You're the coward here. I'll turn this device and spare them on one condition. You and your rotten crew throw down your arms and surrender their lives or your freedom. What do you have to say to that? Show yourself and we will talk further. Oh, we don't have time to talk. From what I read of these scientists' data, you all have about 20 seconds to decide. I hate to be dramatic, but let's start the countdown, shall we? 20, 19, 18. Guys, this isn't a combat per se, but we're going to be acting in order as you only have so many actions before bad things happen. Let's put it that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of ideas here, and you guys have as much time as your player selves like, but as characters, you don't have a lot of time. <laughs> when the last time you were in an enemy-held facility with a an explosive countdown, things ended very terribly for your, your previous crew. They did. Um, but perhaps that will help you in your leadership decisions here. Do you want to start us off and and uh, and work through some stuff? Yeah, I mean, what Wynn would probably not be saying anything at the moment because he's smart enough to know that whatever he said is, is not going to really make any bearing to Evand- uh, Evandrian. Mm-hmm. But uh, so he, he would probably be trying to think of, of what move to make, although I, I'm Miles is drawing a blank. <laughs> it sounds like Miles and when are perhaps uh, locked in fear. I think this is this flashback city to all those that uh, that died raiding uh, as part of your uh, your previous crew. Mm-hmm. The Xeno Wardens, you see, you like, see the is, little is, halfling's is, face on Bumfuzzle now. Is, is, is he, he's counting down for a, what a bomb, I guess. It seems like whatever this device is, it is powering up 
and the I mean the scientists are locked in there much like Dr. Manhattan <laughs> they're not going to get superpowers though they'll probably just die I, w- I would hope that maybe Bumfuzzle and Kaz and uh, possibly Nikithi could hack the console in front of us and, and, and stop whatever is about to happen I mean you can you can tell them to, to do that if that's if that's the route you want to take I mean, how do they feel about it? Well, how about you You pick someone to act next? Uh, you, you can tell them, like, hey, do this or that. <laughs> okay, so, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll pick uh, Bumfuzzle seems to have the... the Bumfuzzle or Kaz um, seem to have the best don't, luck with... Don't send don't send Kaz to do anything with computers or, <laughs> or engineering. Kaz, hack oh. this computer. Uh, <laughs> hack it to pieces? Uh, for some reason, I thought you were you were helping with computer stuff. No, um, and Nack always helped with computer stuff, but Kaz does, uh, has zero okay. in computers. I, I'm, I missed too. So uh, he would probably uh, be like, Bumfuzzle, is there any way we can stop this from the console? I'm on it already. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it looks like uh, from the council, no. Um, you're going to um, have to get inside this chamber. Uh, it, it's been jury rigged in some way to to go off. Um, but to, to do so, you can use the console um, to try and open up these outer doors here, or you can use engineering to just try and take the door, <laughs> the door like off the hinges, <laughs> basically hmm. disable it for someone else. Um, either of those will be a standard action to, to hmm. attempt. Okay, so it's computers to open the door or engineering to just... Uh, Take the door off the tenders. Yeah, yeah just <laughs> open the door knock in a more door. creative way. All right, uh, that sounds more my speed, I say. This, uh, this, this terminal doesn't control the thing in there. It's uh, it's only a door control. Wait one second, I got an idea. And I run up to the door and I sort of... Uh, I put like a this super, super thin... Um, like sheet underneath the door mm-hmm. and then i start like i pull out my put out a little like air pump and i start pumping it and this like what looks like almost invisible when you look at it on its side starts to inflate and then it sort of like cracks sort of a uh, cracks the seal on the door a little bit and then causes it to sort of bend just slightly and then you can just sort of like pop it open just to say it works just say you're fonzieing it if you're gonna fonzie it all right i i, I I fancy the door. Hey, <laughs> what'd you get? I got a twenty-four. Ooh, very uh, close. Uh, plus, plus four to unlocking doors. It's not a locked door. This is this is you taking that door off the hinges. Oh. But uh, it was DC twenty-two. Same so in that. Nice. Oh, hey, <laughs> nice. Uh, so very close. Uh, <laughs> as the door comes off the hinges, you can hear uh, the muffled screams of the scientists now. Just. Uh, as well as the like the the sound of crackling electricity here, you know, arcing blue electrodes in the center of what looks like a, a huge polyhedral energy source, like a, a crystal of some kind, seems to be kind of like spinning up, like humming uh, in a very dangerous sounding recursive loop. Just it's some kind of a twenty sided shape. <laughs> <laughs> we have no rep point of reference for, for polyhedrons like <laughs> of any kind. Um, uh, so go ahead and elect who you want to go next bump puzzle. Um, this is looking like a job for Talara. Maybe she can do some do some magic to suppress suppress some of the the dangerous energies that are in there, or do something to help people get out. That seems 
like something she could maybe she could i i don't know i don't yeah. know what she does <laughs> but but i think i think uh uh she could maybe magically douse the electricity that's like fire right <laughs> Pro- probably not probably I not say, um i said you <laughs> is this you do you know go on <laughs> uh oh there is something i can do um what do you want to do i hmm this is an interesting idea. No, I must make an hour <laughs> choice. <laughs> it's very interesting. Um, all right, so Talara, I don't know what good this will do, but Talara can come into the room, and now that the door is open thanks to Bumfuzzle, I can use infinite worlds. Um, this is probably really unwise. <laughs> to change the nature of the the hazard. Yeah, so I could change it from electricity to something else, but that's so, probably right, not going to help these people, right? Right now, it's blue raspberry electricity. So, uh, so what I can make other it like green flavor? apple acid or something. <laughs> yeah, green apple acid, um, or you know, flaming hot red. Uh, <laughs> it'll, it'll it might scare the folks in here a little bit, but uh, if you guys don't want to be shocked. That is, that is a, How cold uh, is cold? I mean, in, any Ice of it. Cold? Yeah, it'll. it'll <laughs> all right, be, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. It'll it'll freeze your arm off cold. Take <laughs> um, your poison. That's the greatest sequence we've ever had. <laughs> so, like I say, I'm not sure that this does any good. Should I should I do something else? I mean, my my original plan before Bumfuzzle started spouting nonsense about what Talar is able to do um, was to try to intimidate him, but I don't even know where where he is. Uh, He can hear you where he is. He's talking through the the PA system. Um, Why don't you you give me a sense motive check if if you're talking about Evandrian? All right. It's not my best. It's an 11. Yeah, you're not not terribly sure. It seems like there's there's something you can do there. If you want to just try and berate him into turning it off, you can, but uh, you're, you're unsure how successful that would be. Right. Um, well, at the very least, um, can I cast Charming Veneer on myself? Um, and uh, could is there any way that I can use a bluff check to like trick him into coming down here? Probably and like not. Like I say, I don't even know where he is. Not within the next 20 seconds. <laughs> Uh, right now we're in kind of, uh, I mean, if he's on the t- top level of Arelos where you guys last, uh, saw him kind of escape to, it, it, it won't be in the next 20 seconds. Right okay, now. Okay. So even if I, even if I convinced him to come down here, it would take him longer than 20, 20 seconds to come down here. Mm-hmm. It seems like. So he- really our only option is like, we need to shut this machine off. That's all we can do. Well, he says he has some kind of way to to stop it, to trigger the, you know, cool down uh, from wherever he is. So if you want to try and talk to him, you can. But whatever you want to do, do it now, because tick tock, tickety tock, oh, tick tock. Um, I guess that, oh gosh, this is hard. There's so little I can do. <laughs> you wish you um, had all those skills of a solarian. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. right about now. Well, Solarians have more than witch warpers. Um, all right. So, oh gosh. Um, okay. I, mm, I don't even know what I would say to him. Um, once, if you want to make a intimidate check, why don't you make the roll and let that 
inform how uh, successful you are <laughs> one way or the other. All right. That's a 16. It looked Not like it's great. Gonna, yeah, it looked well, like it was going to be the one. Plus two for Charming Veneer? Uh, plus one. Plus so one. 17. Yeah, no. Uh, what? It doesn't come out very confident, uh, but uh, feel free to, to try and yell at Evandrian. Talara would just, she clearly doesn't know what to say. She'd be like, didn't you hear, Kaz? You're going to have all these people's blood on your hands. Come on. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, Kaz. Their blood will be on your hands. Thanks for backing me up, Talara. <laughs> That's um, not what I said. <laughs> that is what you said. <laughs> Close enough. Uh, Rebecca, who who do you want to go next? Uh, I believe we still have a Nikithi and a Cass. Nikithi, it's all you. Take this take this machine down. Gladly. Um, Tyler, what, what would you like? I would like to transcend the limits of my physical being and enter into the code so that I may disrupt Evandrian's connection to this machine. Right. So it, you're not sure if there's anything going through this computer console. It seems maybe it's hardwired somewhere, um, maybe inside the chamber. Um, it seems like he's disabled almost all the, the commands. Let's uh, start with moving inside the chamber and, ins- and uh, inspecting this polyhedron. Oh, yeah. So it's it's great. <laughs> it's just wonderful. Um, it is uh, full of uh, still blue raspberry arcing electricity. And at this point, hmm, uh, when, when you get in here, you can see that there are a number of what look like supercharged electrodes, like kind of leading in to the, the device, like this weird uh, crystalline power core. Uh, you're pretty sure it, whatever can be done to disarm this thing, you're going to have to first get past these electrodes somehow um that could be uh, potentially an engineering check or some kind of physical science in order to to determine their weakness uh my engineering is higher so i would go with engineering i might call out to bumbuzzle and say i could use your help with some electrical problems bumbuzzle uh-huh. uh, I just really quick, do does Nikiti get the sense that it's going to be faster to try and disable the device versus getting all of these people out of the room physically? It depends. It depends on how good you are at disabling it. Um, you don't have a lot of time, so either is possible, um, but probably not both if you're doing it yourself. Can I o- offer a bit of, of a suggestion or a question about an idea? <laughs> It's a question about an idea. Um, you know, what, what do you got, Drew? So we've got Nikithi and Bumfuzzle here to turn this machine off. We also have five scientists who have presumably worked on this machine that we could free oh. to have them help us with this. It's a bunch bunch more than that. There's uh, about 12 in total, more than is represented here on the map. Could I... Are they? I know they're gagged. Are they also bound? Yes, they are indeed. Uh, it looks like a... a, a set of manacles kind of like tying them around the the room with my acid abilities with my entropic strike could i charge my hands with acid and burn through the manacles one by one how quickly would that would i have enough time to do that maybe seems like something for your turn but right now tyler what do you want to do let's try and get rid of the first electrode how about that yeah make make that engineering check Engineering check number one. Okay, you know what? What did mm-hmm. you get, Tyler? Mm, toot toot. 
Uh, <laughs> you know what? Book six reroll. Oh, six reroll. We got to save these people. This is an important moment in Kaz's arc, in Nikithi's arc. He's dedicating all of his attention to saving these people. Yeah, the no way he's failing here. The arc damage that you're you're definitely going to take. Um, what uh, what was your your total roll? Uh, Eighteen. So if that's not enough, I'm re-rolling it. Oh no, I don't tell you whether it's enough or not until you oh. re-roll. Oh, well, then I'm re-rolling it. Yeah, because I don't think a two is going to do it. Probably a good idea. <laughs> but you can uh, roll. You can if roll. I get a one here, I'm gonna scream. Good. <laughs> Didn't get a one. Got a six. Not much better. <laughs> but twenty-two. <laughs> All right. So, uh, electricity damage coming your way. Let's roll that first. Guns the best. Uh, Fifteen points. Arcing blue electricity. Make me a reflex save as you're pulling these electrodes out. Okay. Did I fail? Is this because I failed? No. You succeeded. Yes. Awfully, though. <laughs> right, 18 on the reflex save. Only taking seven points of damage as you're able to, you know, kind of like shield your hand from the last couple of electrodes. And Almost you've, a third of my health. <laughs> yeah. You've exposed the core here. Uh, you see that, indeed, the center of this device, like leading up to it uh, behind the electrodes, is a like a straight shaft of um, cables powering... The, the crystal from below. It's, yeah, this very odd polyhedron that is just crackling with with energy. Not necessarily electricity, but there's some kind of uh, mystical element to it here. Um, let's see, we are next, uh, by process, process of elimination, onto Kaz here. Drew, uh, do you indeed want to run into this, this room of death and, uh, and start pulling people out? See if you can get them free. Hmm. So I don't necessarily want to free them. I want them to help, but that's not necessarily. And we've now got the core with all the cables. I mean, should I just start ripping cables out? Is that a bad move? Seems like uh, something you want to do in in a, a bomb defusal situation. Just start yanking. Yeah, I mean, I've got my got my shield on. I just Didn't got all you, the health back. Didn't you used to play the skills character on this podcast? Yeah, I did. <laughs> but not the back the, in the day. The, the science team. I can, can I can I intimidate the crystal? <laughs> oh boy, you're gonna need that action now. You're now you're stalling. <laughs> okay, so what kind of what kind of check would I have to make to free as many people as possible? Uh, in the amount of time that we have left here, this is gonna be an engineering check to try and get them loose. Okay, that is not gonna work. So, is there anything you want to say to Evandrian? Do you want to try and work on him? Yeah. Evandrian! Enough! I don't see you all laying down your arms. But you see me laying down mine. Look, I am unarmed. Take me, let everyone else go. That's not the deal. Tick tock. 15 seconds left. I imagine you want to try to do some kind of uh, diplomacy roll with that. Yeah. (laughs) That didn't seem too intimidating. I give up! (laughs) Evandrian. <sighs> Shoot. <laughs> what do you, oh, you got? Hate everything. It's the low roll club here. Five on the dice, ten total. Um, why don't you make me a sense motive check as well? Oh, this will be great. While you're interacting with Evandrian. <laughs> Natural 20 sense motive. <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah, you, you know, talking with him, it does seem that 
Evangelion is hesitant somewhat to carry through with, you know, murdering these people. Are these citizens of the Empire? Are they human? Some are. Uh, most are, are alien. About half are alien. Um, yeah, so you get the impression that you might be able to present some kind of case that would assuage his, like, anger while retaining his honor, allowing him to, to get out of this. But, you know, what exactly you have to say, you're not sure. Evandrian, I know you are at odds with the Sardat. I know that you do not want the Sardat to have control of this project, but I know that you know how important this project would be to the Empire, and I cannot imagine that you would dare do anything to jeopardize it by destroying a piece of it and the the crew of scientists that work on it. Think about all of the, not just the, the Aslanti lives lost, but just the loss of manpower for the sake of the Empire. Think about what you are doing. I've thought about it long and hard. I rigged them up over 24 hours ago. They've been in there for some time. Make your decision, lay down your arms. Oh, we're on to turn two here, back to win. The Sedona is agog at what to do here in the back. Uh, how do you think it's going miles so far? Not wonderful. <laughs> uh, is there some team that you would like to help out on? Do you want to try and talk to Evandri and try and disable the uh, the device inside there? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, yeah, I would like to try to disable the device. I've got a decent computer check. Now, there's no computer inside the the um, the, the power dynamics, but if, if you move in there, it does seem like engineering or physical science might work, but you also get a sense of like a magical aura coming off of this thing. So perhaps mysticism. Ah, oh, yes, my negative one of mysticism will come in quite handy. <laughs> how's, how's your physical science doing these days? Uh, your crystal plus, science plus two <laughs> what's up to you do you want to make one of those roles be on team science this you, you said physical science mysticism and engineering yeah lots of lots of ways to crack this cookie i'll try an engineering roll <laughs> boy oh boy <laughs> i just i just imagine nick Ethy being like why are you pulling those wires? <laughs> oh no! He, he, you're, you're like working down below, and you just hear tink, tink, tink. I think yeah. of a uh, a trident <laughs> the top of this. It, it's exactly. Oh, oh, oh ding, please ding. stop! Oh, please, please! I'm down here. I will die. All the scientists nearby are like. <laughs> <laughs> um, bum for the launch you. <laughs> All right, yeah. Um, <laughs> watching Win attack the uh, the delicate machinery, and uh, I'm gonna run in as well and uh, see if I can uh, maybe remove some of the electrodes that are nearest to Win, so, so that he can't reach anything that'll cause too much damage. <laughs> at, this, at this point, the electrodes are kind of out of the way because of uh, of Nikithi's action. Okay, um, it, it looks like you might be able to. Turn off the 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 entire system here by depowering the crystal, maybe decoupling a, a few things. You're not sure exactly what, but uh, to do so, I'm going to suggest engineering as it seems to be your forte. But feel free to roll mysticism if you want. I'm not going to stop you. This is a free starfinder. All right, country. I'm going to take your suggestion. Uh, mysticism. Roll some engineer. Oh, oh. No! Jabert, say out loud what you just rolled, please. 37. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, natural 20. Um, I was trying to get you to go mysticism because it's a smaller DC. 
that's not going to do it. <gasps> no, I'm just kidding. That totally uh, does it. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> you pronker. Uh, yeah, you you detached every single cable inside of the device and just goes, and all the scientists and their gags are like, <laughs> oh, we are out of danger, out of combat, as it were. <laughs> uh, Evandrian, you see what we have done. You had your chance, and now we are coming for you. And we're bringing a bunch of angry scientists, too. These nerds will help us kill you. (laughs) (laughs) Quiet. Uh, Quiet, nerds. (laughs) You obviously hear what sounds like a a physical receiver module angrily slamming into a crook as the PA system cuts out. Uh, And as you guys start undoing the the scientist binds, uh, they're all very, very (laughs) thankful thankful to you all uh, like some of the ones you freed earlier they seem to be extremely tired <laughs> good and tired does nikithi recognize any of them uh yeah yeah indeed some um human scientists have been here for years some some older Islantes. they look uh <laughs> like maybe they took a few hits or so from advandrian while they were getting rigged to this death trap um and you know, might come up to you and be like, Nikithi, is that you? Ah, uh, yes, I see you have, uh, you've been mistreated, friend. I, let oh. me, let me help you with your, with your, with your damage. Is there, is there anything we can do to repay you all? We, we can't believe that someone would come to our aid. We are here to, we are here to help. And if you would like to help us, you can go up to the, Go up the elevator and wait for our... We are going to leave this place. And when we leave, we are going to try and take as many people as we can. If you're interested in escaping, go to the next floor above us. Speak to Sanandrone. And he is in communication with us. And when we are prepared to, to go, we will take you. Yeah, Maybe someone... Mergleberg could uh, uh, escort them. Oh, no. Mer- is she Mer- down here? Mergleberg's got a job, but some of them oh, yeah. will indeed... Uh, you know, try and go get some some rest um, or, or go upstairs. But uh, uh, Mer as soon as you mention her, cuts into comms and is like, if you have that last data set, I can use your help and any and all scientists left alive to help implement my plan. Shut up, Toby. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right, where do I get that data set from in here? Uh, uh, the scientist can help you um, download it from the like a, a core hookup inside the chamber, like all the the recent test data. Um, and yeah, taking a look at the crystal in inside, um, it looks like a spawning crystal inside of this um, power supply test. Uh, you can tell that this can easily be altered into uh, modded into a very powerful magic tech uh, augmentation, uh, something called a resonant larynx. Does anyone want a resonant larynx? Uh, what does it do? What it do? Yeah, can we mysticism to tell what it does? I would prefer if someone just installed it without knowing <laughs> what it does. But what do you think a resonant larynx does? Uh, Probably a really loud voice box. Yeah, it sounds like it would yeah. it would uh, like increase your intimidate score or something like that. Uh, may- oh, maybe it's echolocation. <laughs> No, it's straight up sonic damage, Bo. <laughs> make a make mysticism check if you do indeed know what it do. Do 
Ooh, Bumfuzzle got a good one. 19 yeah. on the dice. Jeez Louise. Ah! Let, me, let Nikiti give it a shot as well. Oh! oh, oh. Uh, Nikiti Nikki, Nikki brushes <laughs> off his laptop. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, natural 20 on that one. Um, uh, the resonant larynx is an augment that is, they, they install small resonating crystals in your throat box and can basically turn you into either the Banshee or Black Canary. Uh, pick your comic book of choice. Uh, amplify your voice to deafening levels. And I believe as a standard action, you can basically let out an ear piercing shriek into a cone that doesn't harm you. And everyone in the cone takes 5d6 damage and can make a fortitude save uh, for half or become deafened for a number of rounds. I mean, wind has a loud roar. That would probably be helpful. (laughs) Ooh, does anybody else want to become a, a superhero? Uh, definitely wouldn't be something N- Nikifi is interested in, but he's happy to install it into whoever wants it. Yeah. I, I mean, I- I'm in. Yeah. Anyone else? That's, that sounds like a pretty win thing. Yeah, Kaz is yeah. already a superhero. He didn't uh, need uh, <laughs> extra. <laughs> Win, take these pills. These will numb the pain. Otherwise, I'm about to cut open your throat, so you might want to lay down. <laughs> sounds good to me. Uh, yes, this is the standard resonant larynx. And like I said, yeah, it is the DC for the the fortitude on this thing is 10 plus half your level plus your constitution modifier. So right now it's probably like a 14, I'm guessing, Hmm. um, somewhere in there. And yeah, it's 5d6 Sonic. Um, And you can only use it basically once per combat um, until you've taken a 10 minute rest that would allow you to regain stamina points. Um, Or you can spend a resolve point to recharge it immediately. Okay. Um, I think it's pretty cool. This is a yeah. No, that's a cool. That's a neat little. little it's a magical augment uh, from this adventure path. It's actually from the previous book, Prison Munagolta. Uh Right. So um, yeah, some of the scientists will will trudge off. The others will help you get the data, and will indeed continue back with you to the Rune Drive. You can fast forward to there because, well, I, I guess I should ask. Did, does Nikiti want to take a ten minute rest while? Nope. installing this. Nope. You took a little bit of damage, but you're probably... I took a little bit of damage, but guess what? I have so few resolve points at this point, you could almost kill me, and I'm still not going to take them in a breast. Let's try that out. <laughs> oh, please don't. Now I'm even further in the back than I the normally... The ceiling collapses. <laughs> um, no. Um, getting back to the rune drive, and uh, Morgorber, you know, greedily, <laughs> um, you know, is uh, uh, waiting for that data. She's She's her shawl kind of wrapped around her trunk-like body is already covered in grease as she's taken off all these panels on the containment unit um, to the the rune drive. And there's like tools spread out along the floor here. And yeah, she says, uh, we ain't got all day. Let's kick it into montage mode and take this theoretical engine into the realms of impossibility. (laughs) Sounds good. Let me give you the data. Thank you very much. Um, You guys can look over it as well. Why don't you make me a mysticism check or physical physical science to kick off the scientific montage? Who's rolled the highest on mysticism or physical sciences? Nikithi brushes off his lab coat once again. (laughs) Oh, no. Tyler has a feel being the smarty this season. (laughs) Whereas I am the dunce. (laughs) 
feels pretty good sometimes. Yeah, you guys switched off on some skills. <laughs> I, I rolled a, a 17. I have a plus 14. So that's a 31 nice. on a physical science check. So looking it over, looking over the device, the data sets they've gotten here, um, Nikithi, you are almost certain that the way this device works, if you are indeed able to activate it, whatever that means, is that the main power core inside this rune drive, this Aeon Stone that is supposedly connected to the throne, the Aeon Throne, the capital of the Islanti Empire, this ancient magical stone. Pretty sure that it's going to work magically like a powerful drift beacon once activated. Does anybody have any guesses as to what potential implications are if the Islanti get their hands on this rune drive? I mean, couldn't they move an entire fleet? Oh, yeah. If, you know, regardless of how it works, if they're able to move it somewhere, they've basically got a mobile Absalom station. And yeah, could, they could they could use it basically like the Starstone and just like get it into sort of the near space of some system they want to attack and just like uh, move in from anywhere in their empire. Whereas reinforcements if to try and help out would, if they took a matter of days to get there, um, someone trying to oppose them would take weeks or months and, you know, battle would be over by then. Um, if they wanted to take over another system, they had this technology, there'd be no power in the galaxy fast enough to stop them, basically. It, it's at this point, Nikithi and, and others, as you're, you're kind of chatting this over, you realize that someone magically channeling energy through the Aeon Throne might be able to somehow gain control of the rune drive once it is activated. It seems like a magical link between like mother and daughter stones is so great that that link could take months to sever. So if you activate it, you would be basically on the hook for a long time um, as it, it would almost act like a, a homing beacon as well because they would be able to zero in on wherever you go. Does that make sense? So if we turn this on, whoever is also linked up to the throne would not only know it's on, but know where it is. And did I, and am I understanding that they could also like exert some control over it? Yeah, perhaps maybe, you know, start it up, stop it, kind of, so that kind of thing. Turning it on is like a terrible idea, it sounds like. Yeah, Mer Merle Gerber will back this up if you're you're chatting it out and says, yeah. uh, you, you'll, you all won't be able to use this device yourself without being on the run from the Aslanti. No star system would be safe if if they can track you with this engine. But but all the same, well, we've got to get it out of this facility somehow and get it out of the Sardat's clutches. I agree. The question now is, how do we get it out of the facility? We certainly cannot take it apart piece by piece. That's impossible. Lara is a smuggler. <laughs> You've got stick in your back pocket. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like three feet wide on each side. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, Talar, if you are indeed pouring over this data, you get a general sense of just how the rune drive seems to work. And it becomes clear and clear that it is indeed based on the fundamental laws of whatever powers you have, these witch warper abilities. Because the rune drive seems to theoretically, from Mergobor's notes, be rewriting reality as it's you know, powered up um, and taking a look at the kind of like base code work of, of the universe, you know, time, space, energy, just kind of changing them, flipping them on and off upside down. Um, you know, water can become dry, light slows down to a crawl, those kind of things that shouldn't be like possible physically. But uh, you are pretty sure, you know, if this thing was indeed attached to a spaceship, 
that it would just be able to rewrite the laws of the universe around it and maybe make it so that, you know, on a vessel, the space between Arelos and Nakondis is a few thousand feet instead of a few trillion miles. Um, so not necessarily teleportation, but just kind of rewriting how things work. Um, that, that would be this thing at its, like, max power. Um, the the capabilities it it have, but you know what would that do to the living creatures inside of it? You know that's something they tested thousands of years ago on the Royal Venture, and it didn't turn out great for them. You you yourself though have summoned creatures from other planes of existence, and you're fine. They're fine, right? Is there is there any possibility of of partially using it, like not turning it on to max power? Mm. Make me a mysticism check. See if you can figure it out. Your Self. It's a 23. Close enough. Um, pouring over the data, you know, all, all now that the data sets are becoming synthesized into one, uh, you think Talara might be able to rig this thing to for like kind of a one-time use to channel your own reality manipulating powers to rewrite its connection to the Aeon throne like the first time it's turned on and form like a magical feedback loop between the the objects, the the stones powering it. Um, So kind of like burning out the rune drives Aeon stone. And uh, if if you bring that theory up to Murgobor, she says, yes, yes, using the magic that way, it could cut the Aslanti off from being able to give chase, but that would kill its magical ping for certain, uh, but it wouldn't be able to produce enough energy to make a jump across the galaxy, but why well, you might just be able to do something with the drive. She starts, like, doing calculations into a small holographically projected screen above her head. You see quantum mathematics popping up, and the data she starts to feed the computer uh, network, you know, slows down the entire system <laughs> as she's uh, calculating things. She says, uh, well, if we installed this device on your ship before we run this feedback loop, we might have enough energy to alter the makeup of your vessel from the base atoms upwards. Maybe improve the armor, the engines, and get some kind of transdimensional leather seating installed. Mm-hmm. That might prove useful if you do have to hightail it out of here. I see you are insinuating some space combat that we might have to go through. I... I didn't say that. You said that. I I will, (laughs) yes. You implied it, but I still do not like it. Although your theory and Talaris are sound, I believe we have a course of action. Well, the Phoenix's respite would cease to exist because it would be a ship from an altered dimension. You could change its frame from the base up and basically rebuild the entire starship into whatever you want. You could have a jungle gym inside if you want it. Um... And you might have to give it a, a new name after the rune drive is done with it. Oh. This is this is all theoretical now. Of course, but Phoenix's respite has been always kind of difficult to say in my tongue. We we still need to finish these modifications, and oh, I'm sending it, this data out to all stations. Science team, let's go! The scientists that uh, are here, some of them come back from upstairs, you know, slinking down the elevator shaft after a power nap. It takes about a half hour or so as you watch all the gathered scientists here working diligently, disconnecting aspects of the the rune drive and and plugging in others. The temperature in the science chamber is dropped down to subthermal levels as uh, the the device becomes ready to like 
test and activate, and it begins to glow magically and give off, you know, low levels of radiation. Um, are you guys like helping out during this process? What would you like to do in this time? Oh yeah, Nikithi would be there, right, right next to Murgleblur, and uh, trying to do as much as he could. Uh, Bumfuzzle is going to go uh, stand guard in the sort of in the uh, the balcony over the hallway. Um, Kaz is going to do the same thing, but in the sort of open space over here to the west. Wynn is going to go opposite of Kaz in the other hallway, keeping a lookout as well, because mm-hmm. he knows very well he will not be able to help with the science. <laughs> Maybe if you roll a 20. Talara will stay on the catwalk. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, on the catwalk. <laughs> yes, yeah, true. I've uh, waited to say that for episodes. I'm sorry. <laughs> We've had a lot of catwalks this, this book. <laughs> uh, Sedona stays up there with you, Talara, and just kind of gives you knowing glances as, as uh, you guys watch over some of this work being done down below. Um, and yeah, and it's after a, a good long while, Merkerber kind of like, you know, lifts up, gets on some uh, welding goggles and, and says to you all, uh, we, we still need to test this device. And if I'm wrong and this doesn't work, then you all might be sitting ducks out there with one of the most valuable stolen prizes in the entire galaxy. Wherever you go, the Empire will follow. And you can start an intergalactic war if you go back to Absalom, or worse, if you lose this drive to the Aslanti. But, but before we go, we should test out the drive's abilities. Talara, we, we need you and maybe a, a couple of test subjects to, to kick off your, your magic and see if you're willing to activate the device for just a brief moment. Would you all be willing to step into the chamber? Is this really wise? Isn't this more of a tested and prod situation? <laughs> well, if you guys want to risk it all on this completely <laughs> untested thousand-year-old magical device, then yeah, let's roll them bones. All right, all right. We'll, 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 we'll ta- take it for a test drive. Good. Good. I will Buckle be a, up for safety. I want to be a part of this test, so I will join you. I've, history is going to be, if the history of travel is going to be written, I would like to be a part of it. That's right, Nikithi, we're ride or die. I ride just like die. rides. <laughs> Sedona, <laughs> Sedona comes up to you guys and says, uh, we came to this rock not knowing if we'd make it out alive. If you all are going in there and putting your lives at risk, I refuse to let you do it without me. Sorry, there's no room. <laughs> just squeeze in, Win. You're so large. Take up so much space. Could have a team of like ten people without you. You know that's really so, insensitive. I've been working on my weight. Thank you very much. And just someone baleful polymorph this man into a medium size. <laughs> uh, yeah. If you guys are all willing to go inside there, they'll you know let you suit up, seal you in the chamber, lock it shut. You hear clunk as the drive this you know glowing. It's now like uh, a purplish blue haze um, through a, a great deal of steam that you can see in the, the center here. And as you breathe, even with your environmental protections on it, it's producing like a, a cold haze inside your spacesuits. And it, it's barely enough to keep your, you know, the chills from running down your spine here. The device powers on and Merkerber and instructs you over comms Talara to activate your Witch Warper abilities, kind of drawing out the infinite worlds within this chamber. What, what would you like to, to summon up first? What do you want to do? Oh, I see. So this will be kind of like a hollow deck, except for it's, you know, an alternate reality instead of holograms. Well, I figured you could at least make it a little warmer, <laughs> you know, trying to change things up. But regardless of, of what you 
want to do as soon as no, no, no. I have something. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up the warm, steamy wilds of Nakondas, a place we all know and love, and brings back wonderful memories of our time together. I think it was wet and cold there for the most part. Well, all right, this is the Nakondas from an alternate reality okay. where it's nice and warm and steamy. <laughs> the the hopgards are like burning hot in their fur coats. The, the hopgards. Like zip lines everywhere. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. yeah. The, the hopgards are the same. They just have platters with drinks on them. Maybe it's um, the other side of the planet. <laughs> the hot side. Yeah. Uh, so as your powers begin to swirl, that shows up. You see, like, you know, a tree line and, like, some steam coming in from there. But, you know, it, it seems to pop open several portals, and you see looks like the inside of a science lab, as well as this um, another darkened forest, um, space in one corner of the room, a, a mining starship's interior in another, and... Talara, through the steam of these mirror universes, these stolen glimpses, uh, you see the rune drive is glowing purple hot now, just fully radiating magical steam as the temperature in the room seems to drop even more. The casing around the device begins to pulsate, kind of like in time with your, your heartbeat. And you can see that chunks of it start to break off these little jagged pieces and float in the air next to the casing before just winking out of existence. And the one right in front of you breaks off a hole, the same shape and size as the necklace around your neck. It uh, kind of pops off of your chest and, and starts floating in the air here as well. It starts spitting out letters magically written in the air in front of you that read, A to be continued. Oh, what? Oh! Oh! Oh, next week we're having a fun time, everybody, <laughs> on the show. <laughs> um, I am taking some liberties with this book. I'm not going to lie <laughs> about where, like we're, where we're going, but um, I think you'd know that if you have listened to 110 other episodes of this podcast so far. A little different from what is in the AP. Uh, still, we are, we are deadly close, guys, to the end of this adventure mm. path. You have you have like the rune drive almost in your fingertips. You guys ready for the end of this book? Oh man, not particularly. Uh, I'm swimming. I'm swimming. Does anybody have any idea what's coming next? No, no idea. I swore to myself that I was going to summon a a, a demon this episode, though, and I failed to do it. <laughs> I'll do it right now just just for fun you look around the room and you guys are all like holding hands <laughs> and then like between bump puzzle and Talara is like a demon like what am i doing <laughs> what's happening i, I want to be here for this special moment <laughs> guys i had so many crits this season uh right so that's going to do it for this week um uh thank you guys for playing with me thank, thank you, you. A lot of stuff still to come. Thank you, everyone out there, for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thanks Good night. for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Cosmic Crit. This episode has been made possible through a sponsorship with Roll20, and the backing of our Critamander fans on Patreon. Thanks again and have a great week.